we're in this series on, on kingdom builders because that's what each one of us are. We're all kingdom builders in the body, body of Christ, in the kingdom of God. And, and it's time to engage. It's time for each member in the body of Christ to engage. Because there is a third great awakening that's happening, that's coming, and is already here. And we have to be prepared. The church has to be prepared for what God wants to do in the earth. We have to be pre prepared for that. Right now when people look at what's happening in the earth, they're looking up, they're trying to find, is, where's the Antichrist? They're, try, they're, trying, to, they're trying to find, is this the, is this the end? Uh, they're trying to see how things are going to get worse and worse and worse. I'm the opposite of that. I'm the complete opposite of that. You know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for that stone that, that this, in, in Daniel that destroyed all the kingdoms of this world. That it, it destroyed the kingdoms of this world and it was just a stone, but then it grew into a mountain. And then the mountain grew and grew until it filled the entire earth. I'm looking for that mustard seed. That mustard seed that is, a, is one of the smallest of all seeds. But when it was planted in the garden, it grew and grew until it filled. It was the biggest, the biggest plant in the, in the garden, right? I, I think of, you know, Jesus used a mustard seed. A lot of times, you know, cottonwoods. I can't stand cottonwoods because <laughs> the snow you get in July or whatever. It, it, but have you ever looked? I mean, it's amazing. Have you ever looked at a cottonwood seed? You got this big puffball, and the seed is just a speck almost. And the cottonwoods, they grow to humongous trees. Humongous. It's amazing. But that's the imagery that Jesus gave of His kingdom. He, he, he said that His kingdom is like yeast. Now, it's just you know little specks of yeast if you ever made bread. And you put it into the dough. And it gets kneaded into the dough until the whole dough is filled with yeast. And what does yeast do? It causes it to grow. This is the kingdom of God. This is what I'm looking for in the earth. I'm looking for in this third great awakening. I am looking for the kingdom of God to grow and grow and fill the earth. And I believe, you know, God... There's many th times in history that God moves sovereign, sovereignly. He, 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 ma he makes things happen to propel, propel um, humans' history forward. And I, and I believe that there's going to be a time coming where we're going to see that propulsion. Where the kingdom of, kingdom of God is going to grow in, in just in leap, leap years. And uh, if... If we, the church, are not prepared for that, and we can, we can miss it. You know, God is patient. He's long-suffering, right? And, and, and until there's a generation that's ready to step up and be what God intended the church to be, He's, he's willing to wait for that generation. So let's be that generation. Amen? Amen. So we're in this series, Kingdom Builders, like I said, and because uh, we want to prepare ourselves, the body of Christ, for, for action, to be engaged in the things of God. And we're going to start off, last week I started off with a, a, a quote, and this week I'm going to too. Andrew Murray, um, it says, Every believer, the feeblest as much as the strongest, has the 
calling to live and work for the kingdom of His Lord. Every believer has equally a claim on the grace and power of Holy Spirit according to His gifts to fit Him for His work. And every believer has a right to be taught and helped by the church for service our Lord expects of Him. Today we're going to be talking about the role of church leadership within the, within the body of Christ. To prepare the body of Christ for service in the kingdom of God. And one of the things that, again, because of the way we've been taught and is ingrained to us, when I, when I say for service in the kingdom of God, a lot of people think, well, they want me to do something for the church. They want me to do something within these four walls. These four walls, within these four walls, is part of the kingdom of God. But the most work needs to be done is outside these four walls. Each one of you in your spheres of influence, each one of you in the, the vocation that you have, what, you know, whether it's a mechanic, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a government official, whether it's a stay-at-home mom, what, what, whatever it might be, you represent the kingdom of God in each of those areas. You are the kingdom of God in that place. Right? And we are to live our lives according to the king and according to the way he does things. The way he sees things. The way he thinks about things. Right? Amen? Um, you know, Andrew Walmack, um, Karis Bible College, all of that, he, he said, has said, mentioned many times that Karis Bible College and really, if you think about it, all Bible colleges would not be necessary if the church did what it was supposed to do. Think about that. And we're going to see that, we're going to see that today. Church, church leadership is not about building your own personal kingdom. It's about building the kingdom of God. And what's the kingdom of God made of? It's made of individuals, members, body. Living stones, right? So, John chapter 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, he says, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus speaking. It is to your advantage. It is a great advantage we have here that I go away. And a lot of people say, what? How, how is it better for Jesus to go away than to be here in, in the flesh? And it's because Jesus could only minister to a few people. He was only close to 12, right? And his inner circle was only three. He was contained in that human body, right? But he says, it's better that I go away, for if I don't go away, the Helper, who's the Helper? Holy Spirit, will not come to you, but if I go, I will send Him to you. So now, Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Trinity, is able to come to each one of us, and I don't know how this works, but each one of us, through the Spirit, is now connected to Jesus, connected to the Father. It, it, God, God had the internet going way before humans ever thought it up. We're all connected. And we're connected to the one Spirit with God, the Father, and Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. That's amazing. But the question is, is do we really live in that idea that I am not powerless. That Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to help me. That, you know, Holy Spirit is just not for Sunday morning. 
speaking in tongues and, 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 and words of wisdom and words of knowledge and all these things is not just to put on a show on Sunday morning to show how spiritual you are. They, they, they are given to the church to build the body of Christ, to build the kingdom. And the, much of the kingdom building in Scripture you see in the book of Acts and throughout is outside the church walls. People come inside the church walls to be equipped to go out to do the work of the ministry. And Holy Spirit is given to you. When, when I'm at my regular, regular job, this is pastoring job, then I put a different hat on and sales on a regular job. There, there are many times when I go to Holy Spirit and I ask Holy Spirit, you know, I'm about to go in to talk to engineers at Dow Chemical. I don't know what I'm saying. These guys are way smarter than I am. And I pray in the Holy Spirit, Lord, I represent You. I represent the Kingdom of God. And I thank You that You give me clearly a thought. And You give me the ability to, to articulate what needs to be said. This is, what, this is what it's for. It's a way of life. It's not for a dog and pony show. It's not to entertain our subculture Christianity. It's to go out and affect culture. Take over culture. And, and Jesus um, did not send the Holy Spirit to take a passive backseat in our lives. You know, it's, we're supposed to be walking with Him and talking with Him on a regular basis. There's a great book by Benny Hinn and, uh, called Good Morning Holy Spirit. And if you have never read that, I strongly recommend that, that you read, read that book. The intimacy, waking up in the morning to realize that you shut your eyes and He didn't leave. He was there to greet you first thing in the morning. Right? So, so we've got to make sure that the Holy Spirit doesn't take a passive seat in our life. And, and um, one, of the Holy, one of the ways that the Holy Spirit helps us, the, the church in general, is by imparting different types of graces, supernatural abilities, into people's lives. And, and we've seen over the last couple of weeks, we've seen that each one of us is a king and priest unto God. Right? We're a kingdom of priests unto God. We, we, we represent God to the world. We, we are, we, that's what a priest does. It's like a mediator between God and and those that don't know God. And we, have, and we, as a kingdom of priests, only have one mediator. Who is that? Jesus Christ. Right? Paul, Paul put it this way in Corinthians. He says that we are now ambassadors for Christ. That's more of a, a modern term that we can grab hold of. An ambassador isn't the president, right? Just like we as priests aren't Jesus, right? We rep, we're representing somebody. And, and, and an ambassador represents a president or a country. And you're supposed to, when they hear you speak, it's with the authority of that kingdom or that nation that they're representing. And that's the way it should be in our lives. So we, God put in the church, He puts um, a king, in a kingdom of priests, and within that kingdom of priests, He gives each one of us gifts. We've seen that, right? Some are speaking gifts. Some, some are serving gifts. Each of us are gifted by Holy Spirit. None of us are not gifted. 
We are all gifted in the body of Christ. And just like anything in your body, when something's not working in your body, it causes your whole, like, your whole body to suffer, right? Stub your pinky toe. You can see a 6'4", 250-pound man limping just because of a little pinky toe, right? And that's the way it is in the body of Christ. A lot of people think they're insignificant, that they have no purpose in the body of Christ, and that's a lie from the pit of hell. We all are significant. And if we don't find our place in the body of Christ, if we don't step out of the boat, we don't step out and use the faith that Jesus has given us through the grace of God, the body suffers. The body suffers. And, and one of the ways that God does this, brings the body together, is through these gifts within the body of Christ that is to, to build up the body. Paul referred to these specific gifts that was given to the church um, by its head, Jesus Christ, and we label these gifts the fivefold ministry. You guys ever hear of that, the fivefold ministry? That, that is a gift given to the body of Christ. And we're going to find out today script, what their script, scriptural reasoning for being in the body is for. What is their true purpose? So let's look at Ephesians, and we'll, we'll jump into this. So in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do the work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So let's break this down, right? That's a lot of words. Let's break it down. So verse 11, it says, Now these are the gifts... Christ gave to the church the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastors, and the teachers. So who are these gifts? These gifts are not people in gener general. The, these gifts are mentioned in this passage are people with specific gifts, those that have been called and anointed by God for a, a specific reason within the body of Christ. Understand that? It, it's, it, it's, the gift is not the person. The gift is the ability that God puts in a person. Right? Because a lot of times when we start talking about these gifts, we associate it with there's something special about that person. That, that they, did some, they did something, they did something that earned this ability. You don't earn anything in the kingdom of God. It's given by God's grace. It's, been, it's given by God's grace. And that should keep leaders within the body of Christ humble. Because it's not you, it's Christ. Right? Verse 12, it says, their responsibility, so the, so, so, Here's the thing of it is, it doesn't make their life easier. It gives them a responsibility. They now have a responsibility. And their responsibility is to equip God's people 
to do His work and build the church, the body of Christ. So what are these, what's the purpose of these gifts within the body of Christ? Are they called to do all of God's work? You know, you know it's, it's funny um, how, how people interpret that. I, I, years ago, I had someone come up to me and say, say you know, Pastor Chad, um, I kind of feel like we need to go to the soup kitchen in Saginaw. And I said, well, that's great. And I said, yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll be before they, you know, if, if uh, you can put, ask people if they want to do that and stuff. And she goes, well, you're the pastor. So God, God tells you that you need to be involved in something. And then you come and tell me that I got to do it. That's not the way it, that's not the way it works. It, first of all, you got to know that I'm not called to Saginaw. We're in Vassar. I don't know why he called me a Vassar. No. I love Vassar. Small little town. Great, great people that need Jesus. Bad. So, I'm not called there. Right? I'm called here. This is the sphere of influence that God has, has, has given me. And so often people, I don't think, have been released into knowing that they have the authority, they have the ability that they're a priest in the kingdom of God themselves. And, and, and you, don't need, you don't need somebody with, it, with a title to make it relevant. And we're going to talk about that a little bit in a little bit. So the purpose of these gifts are not for them to do all the work. The purpose is just like a coach almost. It's, it's to prepare it's, it's to equip God's people for the work of the ministry, for the work of the kingdom, for building up the kingdom. And at the same time, these ministers that has a ministry to the body of Christ is also responsible for in their own private life to be building up the kingdom, to do, be doing, practicing what they're teaching, right? The NIV puts it this way, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. You know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the church, we're still on the first, first floor. We need to be built up to, we should be on the skyscrapers by now. It says, God's people are to be equipped by these ministry gifts. These gifts are given to the church to equip the body of believers. This equipping conveys this idea that of bringing God's people into perfection, bringing them into maturity. And let me say something right now, is that if you... <laughs> I've told you, say, I love Pastor Chad. Right? If you've been a Christian for more than three and a half years, that's what the disciples got. If you've been a Christian for more than three and a half years, 10% of you coming to the church should be you receiving from the church. 90% should be what you're giving to the body. If you're a new Christian, guess what? It's the complete opposite. 90% you should just be taking in, learning, um, increasing your knowledge in the Word of God, get, being prayed for, all these things. You, you should just be, you should be just... 90% of your involvement in the body of Christ 
should, should be you taking, receiving from the body. And 10% is you, you helping out around the church. Or helping out growing the kingdom of God outside the church. You understand that? That we pick and choose churches based on what we can get from it. How good's the worship team? How, 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 how good's the preacher? Does he preach too long? Is he too short? We, we, you know, how good's the coffee? You know, all, all of this, all of this stuff is it, it's superficial. It should be, is this a place that I can get involved? Is this a place where I can be trained and equipped in the gifts and the callings that God has given me to be everything that I, God has called me to be in the kingdom of God? Is this where I can be used in a good way? Right? To be to, where I can find my destiny and fulfillment and, and see the world changed through the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, I can't stress this enough. The responsibility of the fivefold ministry is to equip God's people. It's not to entertain them. It's not to entertain them. So often, you know, we, we call an evangelist to come to church. What's an evangelist doing in church? He's not supposed to be coming to church. He's supposed to be, if he comes to church, you know what he's supposed to be doing? Teaching you how to evangelize. Not putting together a big presentation and, and getting people to dedicate their, their selves to the Lord a third or fourth time. Moving on heartstrings. No, we need, we need a move outside the wall of the church through evangelism. And, they, and we need evangelists to teach people how to evangelize. Right? Chuck. I, I, I went to, I've went to lunch with him a couple times. And I've been taught. It's so simple. And this, I'm sorry, Chuck. I'm going to tell everybody your, your secret. We're, sit, we're sitting there and the waitress comes up. And he, and he says, ask her her name, and he says, he says, we're going to be praying over our meal. And I would like to know if there's anything that you would like us to pray for you for. We're going to pray for you also. Is there anything that you need prayer for? Isn't that so non-intrusive? Isn't that so caring and compassionate? Isn't, that's awesome. We should all do that. Right? But that's evangelism. It's simple evangelism, right? Practical evangelism. I, I love that. And, 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 but that's what evangelists should do. Prophets, you know, you bring a prophet into, into a church body and it's, everybody wants, it gets excited because they're going to tell me the direction for my life. No, you should need to seek God and hear from God what the direction for your life is. And when they prophesy to you, it should be confirmation for something that God has already told you. But truthfully, prophets aren't supposed to be coming in and putting on a show for the body of Christ. It should be teaching people how to hear the Spirit of the Lord. How to, how, and then also how to prophesy to other people. How to be moved by the Spirit. To have, have a word of encouragement. Exhortation. To build them up. And to say, you know, the teaching and preaching and pastoring, all these, all these things are gifts to the body of Christ to mature the body of Christ, and so we all come into maturity and unity of the faith. Right? To the full stature of Christ. 
The word for equipping here, and I'm not even going to try to say it. I'll spell it for you. K-A-T-A-R-T-I-Z-O in the Greek. Because I have a hard time just speaking English. Um, this, this word was used in three different areas. First one is in the medical field. And it takes on this idea of setting a broken bone. And then the second place, it was used domestically, and it, it, it was used in the idea of furnishing a house. And the third way it was used is vocationally, and it was used in the way for a fishermen would mend their nets. Right? So you, you, set, you set the bone. Why do you set the bone? You're, 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 you're making it good for use again. Right? The way it was intended to be. You furnish a home. Why? You, you furnish a home so with chairs and, and, and love seats and couches and pictures and all these things so that the home can be utilized and used by, by those that dwell in that home and those that they welcome into it, right? And then vocationally, you know, they mend the nets. Or they, you mend the nets, why? So you can be productive and you can catch fish. You can utilize it. You can use it for what it was intended to use. And when we are fully equipped, the body of Christ is fully equipped, we can serve God and others in a way that we were designed to. That we were designed to. We, we become mature, functioning, and we become fruitful. Verse 13, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith that in knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So the question is, is are these gifts still relevant today? Are these gifts still in the church today? There are some that teach that these have all passed away. With the last apostle, all these offices passed away. Okay, we're not going to go by human logic or human tradition. We're going to go by what the Word of God says. In the very scriptures that call out these gifts to the body of Christ, it tells us when they will pass away. When will these pass away? Well, Have we reached, has the church reached ultimate unity? <laughs> have we all reached ultimate maturity? Are we all measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ? Until we do, these gifts will be in the body of Christ. We have much growing. We have much maturing. We have much more expanding and experience to Experience. Experience to be experienced. Yeah. Sure. And then verse 14. It says, Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of te new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. And religion is so good at sounding like truth. It's so easy. You can even find scriptures to back up religion. But we're not supposed to be talking about religion. We're supposed to be talking about Jesus. We're supposed to be talking about His work. The whole Bible. You know, so many people read the Bible 
looking for all these scriptures that point to the Antichrist. And I read the Bible looking at all these scriptures that point to Jesus. To point to Jesus. That's what the Bible's all about. Jesus is the climax of the Bible. Jesus is the story of the Bible. Jesus is the Word of God. And we, it says what we got to be careful that the fivefold ministry gifts to the church are not, again, not there to entertain the church, but to mature the church, to teach the body of Christ so they are firm in Christ and not easily deceived. I hope that you can say about me that I have never tried to make you dependent on me. That you need me. That you need a denomination. That you, you need anything apart from Christ. I hope that everything that comes out of my mouth is leading you to a place of becoming more and more dependent on who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you and who you are with Holy Spirit in this earth. That it brings freedom. It brings liberty. Be, be very cautious of anyone that constantly makes you feel like you need them. You need them to pray for you. I, I'll pray for you. Right? But I want you to know that you have the same faith. You have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead living within you. Right? And sometimes life gets hard. Sometimes you get beat up. Sometimes you just ward out. And there's nothing wrong with coming humble and just be humble. I mean, there's times that I get I ask you guys to pray for me. There's nothing wrong with coming and coming in the unity of faith and praying for one another. That's scriptural. But you need you need to start seeing yourself as the prayer. Right? So many people like Jesus, when, when the woman with the issue of blood is walking, or Jesus walked through the crowd, and the woman with the issue of blood reaches through and just touches the hem of his garment. And, and we hear preaching saying, Man, you just gotta you just gotta reach through and you just gotta you gotta press through and you gotta just touch the hem of his garment. Yes, that's true. But as a new creation in Christ Jesus with the Spirit of God within you, that has been given the faith of Jesus, that has been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that are ambassadors for Jesus, that, that as He is, so are we in this world. That Jesus said that the works that I did, and even greater works shall you do, because I went to the Father. We need to stop seeing ourselves as a woman trying to reach through and touch the hem of His garment, and see Christ in us, the hope of glory. The one that can touch others and see the miracle. The, the, other ones, the ones that can pray for others and see their life transformed and changed. That's the calling that we have. We, and, and we're not to be easily deceived. Do you know how people are easily deceived? When they take their eyes off Jesus. They're easily deceived when they take their eyes off Jesus. When religion makes it about what you must do. Right? See, I believe there's things we must do, but our doing doesn't make us 
who we are. Our, we do because of who we are. You understand what I'm saying? It's your identity. It's who you've been made. God has prepared us for good works. But your good works is an overflow of who he has who he's put in you. Amen? Verse 15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way, more and more like Christ. Amen. Who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. He makes the whole body fit together per- perfectly. Sometimes things don't seem to be working because you're trying to force yourself into part of the body that you weren't called to be in. And you've heard, you've heard me say this over and over again. Our human nature is to look at certain titles or certain um, ministries or certain people in the body of Christ and say, that's the pinnacle of, of God's calling. No. The pinnacle of God's calling is the place that He called you to be in the body of Christ. You will never find, you will never find fulfillment in life and joy unspeakable until you find the place that God has called you to be. Even if you end up behind a pulpit, this is the last place you should want to be. You you get you th- you can you can get the title, you can you can you can get the ministry, and you can be miserable. If God hasn't graced you for that office or that place in the body of Christ, you will be miserable. Right? We just talked about this last week with with the Green family and Hobby Lobby. How he felt like less than his brothers because he did not go into full time ministry. He wasn't a preacher or a missionary. And then he realized that you can be called to business as a ministry in the kingdom of God just as much as any other office, any, any preacher, any missionary, any evangelist can be called to the kingdom of God. And when you find where God has called you to be, that's where you're going to find fulfillment. And Jesus has picked that place just for you. He, it says that, he says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. So you're, it's like a puzzle, and you're the perfect piece for there. You were made, you were designed for that, right? As each part does its own special work, there, there's no non special work in the body of Christ. It helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Wow. And full of love. Not envy, strife, bickering, backstabbing, jealousy but filled with love. Why? Because you are content in who God has, where God has put you in the body of Christ and you're fulfilling out your divine assignment. Amen? So in addition to equipping believers to serve, they are also to lead the saints in becoming mature, stable, discerning, and not easily deceived. And, and I mean, how many different ways in the New Testament does it tell us that every believer, I mean, how many times have we seen so far in these last four weeks that every believer has a part to play and something to contribute 
to the body of Christ. Every single one of us. You know, the world has not yet seen a fully activated church. The world has not seen a fully mobilized church. A fully functional church. A fully serving church. But I tell you what, when it does, when it does, it's going to be the greatest movement that humanity has ever seen. That mankind has ever witnessed when the body of Christ comes into full steam ahead, every member doing its part, everyone engaged and doing what we're called to do. It's going to be amazing. Not everybody in the body of Christ is going to be one of these gifts. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. That doesn't mean that you can't operate in through the Holy Spirit, be graced in those areas. There's a difference between an office, a full-time office calling, and the, and the, the ability that's put in each believer through the Holy Spirit. I believe I do not pigeonhole anyone to... You know, some people say, well, I got the gift of healing, and I got this gift, and I got this gift. Well, you know what? I, I have the Holy Spirit. And guess what the Holy Spirit has? He's got all the gifts. It's, it's funny that no one ever says, you know, I got the fruit of the Spirit. I only, I only got the, the joy part of the fruit of the Spirit. Or I only, I only got the, the faith part of the Holy Spirit. No, we got all, all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, or all the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Why would we not have all the gifts of the Holy Spirit? The ability. And, and, and Paul says that we're supposed to um, strive or for the best gift. What's the best gift? You know what I think it is? I think the best gift is the one that you need at any particular moment. Right? Amen. So, we live in a culture where certain statements, they sound good, but as good as they sound, it doesn't make them true. You know, one of, one of the things that we, we see in our, in our culture is you can be anything you want to be. Oh yeah? I want to be the greatest singer that has ever been at any time. But my family will tell you, and much of the church will tell you, that's impossible. You know, <laughs> that that I, I cannot, I'm, I'm not a good singer. I can't keep a tune. And uh, I, I, I don't even know timing. Like, if, if there, there isn't someone singing along, I don't know when to come in. It was hor- I tried that once. It was horrible. Talk about a humbling experience. It wasn't, I guess it wasn't humbling. It was more like uh, embarrassing. That's, that's what it was. You know, I want to be the best basketball player that ever lived. I'm sorry. I'm not gifted. There's not that ability in me to, I don't care how much I practice. I don't care how, who my coaches are. I will never be the best basketball player that has ever lived. Right? There's just some gifting. Or, or an artist. I'm, I'm going to be the next Michelangelo. Yeah, right. You know, you, the, do you see how God gifts people? And that's just amazing. And, and while everyone can serve God in, in some capacity, a person can't randomly select a particular office that they think looks glamorous and, and say, I'm going to be that. Right? I'm telling you, you will be miserable and you will fail. You just can't randomly decide to be an apostle or a teacher or evangelist or, or, or a prophet um, if God has not called you to stand in those offices. And you can aspire to it all day long, 
but it will not produce the grace that's needed and you will be totally dependent on your own abilities. If you don't have a calling, the anointing and the required spiritual gifts, you're not going to be able to fill that role that, God, that, that, that you think that you're trying to attempt to, to fill. We need to be where God has called us to be. And in that place, in that place, God has already given you everything you need to accomplish everything in this life that He's called you to accomplish. It's already there. If your life is surrendered and dedicated to God, your goal in life is not to be what you want to be, it's to be what God wants you to be. And I'm telling you, just like any good, good father, any good, good father, what he has purposed, destined you, and called you to be is going to be the most fulfilling, the most joyful, the, the, the most fruitful calling that you will ever experience in this life. Because it's made just for you. Let's look at what Paul said to the Corinthian church. Now speed up. Maybe. Uh-oh. Okay. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 and 28, says, All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed in the, for the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then those who do miracles, and those who have a gift of healing, and those that, who can help others, and, and those that have a gift of leadership, those that speak in unknown languages. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healings? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Again, what he's talking about here, he's talking about offices within the body of Christ. That this, they, they are called primarily to fill that office and that space to mature and, and build up the body of Christ. If you, if you are, are, are called with the ability for healing, you should be teaching the body of Christ how to lay hands on the sick and see them well. Right? We all have amazing potential in the body of Christ and, and God has given everyone certain gifts and abilities um, and if you're faithful, cultivate those, you will be able to have a meaningful and fulfilling life, a productive life, and be a blessing to others and the kingdom of God. But at the same time, you will be blessed because you are exactly where God wants you to be. So just because you have a title doesn't make it so. If you've been here at Caris very long, you know that I'm not very big on titles. Um, I look at, I am what I am by the grace of God. Right? Anything, any good in me is by God's grace. Anything bad in me is by Chad. <laughs> right? So I'm not, I'm not big on titles. Because I've seen titles misused far too, too many times in the body of Christ. What I believe in, I believe in servant leadership. My business card for the church literally says, uh, lead servant. 
Then I put pastor because people don't know what a lead servant is. I should be leading by serving. Serving means ministry. Ministry means serving. I'm supposed to be serving the body of Christ. We are all servants. Right? We serve in the body. We serve in our, our, our um, families. We serve in our vocation. We serve in this world. But many people get puffed up about their titles. Or they don't know... Or don't... They get puffed up about their titles or they don't do anything in the body of Christ until they have a title. Tell you, that won't ever work here. If I don't see serving the body of Christ before, there will never be any promotion to any type of title. You have to have the fruit of the calling before we can call you it. You understand that? Some, when they get titles, then they think they're exempt from basic Christian service. You know, loving one another, picking up around the, around the building, or being a, a, a good person in the community. They, they think they all of a sudden become above just the basic Christian life. And too, far, too, far, too many in the body of Christ are... They pridefully desire titles for themselves rather than pouring themselves into genuine, genuinely serving God and others. Right? I've been in churches where they say prophet so and so is coming or prophetess so and so is coming. I'll determine that. Or we got apostle so and so or bishop so and so and all these titles. I want, I want to see God, the gift that God has put in them in operation. That should be sufficient. That should be sufficient. And people get excited about titles. You know, I got, I got these cans here. This, what's in this can right here? Huh? Diced tomatoes? How'd you know that? Huh? Because, yeah, there's a title on it, right? There's a label on it. What's in it? Nothing. nothing. There's nothing in this can. What's in this can? Huh? What do you mean you don't know? Why don't you know what's in it? There's no label in it, right? It's filled with corn. See, it doesn't matter what title you have. If you're just an empty can. But if you're filled, they can call you whatever you want. And God will show himself strong. Amen? Don't seek the title. Seek God. Seek the gift that God has put in you and to operate in how God's called you to be. People are so obsessed with labels. And they want to make sure everybody knows who they are. And the Bible says that God is the one that gives promotion. Right? We don't need to promote ourselves. God will promote us. You know, Jesus spoke of self-promotion. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 7, he, he, he talks about individuals who love the best places at the feasts, the best seats in the synagogues, 
They loved to be greeted in the marketplace and be called rabbi, rabbi. See, we need to focus on what God has put on the inside of us. And we need to major on delivering the content that God has put on the inside of us rather than the title that we might desire. We can't get caught up in the labels. We just got to make sure there's something good in the can. One of the other things is, is that I've noticed in the body of Christ, especially, man, I got to hurry. Especially in the body where these different offices are seen, is that the church kind of divides. You know, this church has a prophetic bent, or this church has a uh, evangelistic bent, or this is a teaching church, and all these things. And it, and it's not a competition. They're supposed to complement one another. They're supposed to come come together. The ministries are supposed to work together to build up the full body of Christ. And and they provide each office provides what the other one lacks. I mean, they give checks and balances to the offices. I mean, the prophet is there to inspire the teacher, but the the teacher is there to steady the prophet, right? The evangelist is to continually tell us that the needy world needs Jesus and needs needs the gospel of Jesus Christ and the gospel of kingdom of the kingdom preached to him. And the pastor needs to show us that souls still need just as much caring for after they've been saved as when you saved them. Right? And the apostle is called to inspire and lead in a, in a new and fresh way and to conquest more for the kingdom of God and take more ground for the kingdom of God, cast vision and leadership. You might be thinking, I thought we're all priests, Chad! What in the world? Why do we need the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher if we're all priests in God's kingdom? Well, let me ask you this. Are we all citizens of the United States of America here? Pretty much, yeah. So, <laughs> so why do we need mayors? Why do we need sheriffs? Why do we need sanitation workers? Why do we need business leaders? Why do we need school administrators? And the list goes on and on and on. In order for our society to be efficient. It needs various individuals in different roles with different abilities serving the community in different ways. Likewise, in order for the church, both worldwide and local, to be what it should be, what God has called to be, what Jesus has prophesied that it would be, we need people with different abilities building God's kingdom and equipping God's people for service and building the kingdom, being kingdom builders, which each one of us are. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.